0: Welcome to the Guitar Teaching Business Podcast. This is another COVID-19 update. My name is David Hart and I'll be your host. If you teach guitar and want to learn more about what we do, go to the website g4guitaronline.com. If you have any questions you'd like me to answer, just send me a message. All right, what I'll do as always, I'll just get started with some of the stats. I'm going to try and make today's a podcast a little bit more positive. I want to sort of get into some of the things that that I think are, are, are optimistic about what's going on. But just let's cover the stats first. Uh, the, the, so around the world, there's what what we're looking at here. Is I just want to give you some examples here. In Australia, we it, the about one person in every five thousand seven hundred has co- COVID nineteen. So it. it if you look at if you compare that to say the US the US is one in every 2300 people and if you go to Italy it's one in every 614 in Spain one in every 574 and so you can see well I should say the UK as well which is one in every 3337 so you can see from that that Spain is, is the worst now in terms of percentages, how many people will have it. And the, the U.S. out of Australia, U.K. and U.S. U.S. is the worst off, followed by the U.K. and then Australia. Australia, I, we, we, we lag behind. I think I might've mentioned this in another podcast where we're a, uh, about a week behind countries like the U.S. and the U.K. in terms of our first case. And we were, we were doing okay for a while. We didn't have much going on. But then we had a bunch of people come in on, uh, on a ship. And then they, they made the mistake, I, I believe, the Australian government, and, and especially New South Wales, made the mistake of letting people in off these ships and without tra- checking them or quarantining them in any way. So, so now we've, we've sort of caught up quite a lot. We're still not in the same position as the US and UK because it's really going crazy in those countries at the moment. But for us, uh, we're definitely catching up. A closer look at the Australian situation is that in over the last week, it's been uh, stepping up. It's, it, well, it's, it's, it's now sitting on for the last four days, we're sitting on 17% increase per day in, in the number of uh, cases. And so we're at 4,148 cases. And a week ago we were somewhere around 13, 1213 cases. So you can see it's, it's come you know, almost triple. It's two and a half to three times, about three times I think, in, in a week. So it's definitely moving along. And, and if that if, of course we, we, we hope this will slow down and it most likely will. But if we look at that and we project it out, and we say, okay, where will we be in just say a, a week from now? About a week from now, we would be looking at about twelve and a half thousand cases, and then a week after that, around thirty-two thousand cases. So what happens? That's middle of April. That's that's not even middle of April. Middle of April. If I go right smack to the middle of April, then we're looking at about seventy-one thousand cases, and that's on the sixteenth of April. Based on these projections, like I said, we hope they slow down. So with 71,000 cases, we're going to need over 10,000 extra hospital beds. Where are those beds going to come from? I guess we can find them. Australia has 62,000 roughly hospital beds, of which a certain percentage of those, maybe 20 or 30%, I think a third of them actually, are private and private hospitals and two-thirds are in public hospitals. Now, a lot of those beds are already full. We're probably talking 90, 90 to ninety-five percent of those beds are already occupied. So out of sixty odd thousand beds, there's probably about six thousand available. And so for tenth we need ten thousand beds. So we're going to be looking at that point uh, running out of beds. Can they find them? I'm sure they can. I'm sure they can come up with probably another ten thousand beds before things start to get uh in which you know, stressed, where they just can't handle it anymore. So when does that happen? Well, here's here's the thing is that this trend continues. Then we're talking the 20th of April. We're talking only four days later that it will double uh, to, to 20,000. And that's the rate of, of doubling. We're, we're, it's actually doubling faster, um, I think, than four days. I think it's more like three days. So then where do we end up? Well, if we keep going another four days later, then we're up to... Uh, 30, to uh, thousand, and then we're looking at where we reach that 60,000 hospital beds. Sorry, I'm talking hospital beds here, um, just in case you, you weren't following on that. Um, but yeah, by the 27th of April, then there will be 400,000 people uh, with coronavirus and a need for 60,000-odd beds. And from there, it just spirals out of control. You, if we get to that point, which we... Not only do we hope we don't get to that point, we we can't get to that point. If we get to that point, then we're in serious serious trouble. Something has to be done before then. The lockdown, the effects of the lockdown, will be will will. We should already feel the effects of the lockdown by then. I think we're already starting to feel the effects of the lockdown, um, slightly, maybe maybe very little, but maybe let's just say a slight tinge of of uh lockdown effect is is starting to kick in i noticed today i I went out because here in australia you still can go out um, as long as you you don't go out with more than two one other person so you can't group now from today it's only from today the day before it was 10 people now it's two people so so two people and i noticed when i was walking around it's been a bit different to previous days and i just go for a walk around the neighborhood to get some exercise and i noticed that people were definitely keeping their distance and you know to this extent where people would literally walk on the other side of the road to avoid going past someone and things like that there were some people there was one particular uh woman who who didn't seem to care she walked right up behind me she was literally you know a half a meter behind me and was going to walk around me and i decided i'd move over to the side give her plenty of room to get past so there, there are definitely people who who aren't still not thinking about it still not concerned I did see a another uh, three people they were together so obviously either they don't know the rule yet or they're, they're they don't care but that's going on everywhere you're seeing this there's always going to be a certain percentage of the people who don't follow it but as the government tightens up more and more then you're going to see hopefully the effects of the lockdown take place and so hopefully we don't get to the end of April which is you know a month from now and have half a million people in Australia with it and you know needing 90 to 100,000 hospital beds because we just won't have them we'll be in, we will be in real trouble at that point. So anyway, like I said, being optimistic here and hoping that we don't get to that point. Now, just a very quick look at the news because I want to get onto these positive items. So let me just go here um, they're talking about uh, fines in Australia and that those who don't follow the rules will get fined. Um, There's man arrested for ignoring self-isolation. There was this guy who came through the airport. He was supposed to self-isolate. He was told to self-isolate and he was caught three times uh, out and about. And, and so they ended up fining him $1,600. And I think they're, they even threatened to jail him. I'm not 100% sure, but I did see something on that. Queensland are now issuing on-the-spot fines um, and it says Northern Territory Police will not enforce two-person rule so they're not being too strict on it at the moment. Um, what else do we have here? Tasmania records first COVID-19 death and that's in Tasmania. 100,000. So so there's a prediction here and this is the one that I kind of want to look at. There's a prediction here. Victoria's Sorry, the headline is 100,000 cases in a few weeks. Victoria's chief medical officer, Brett Sutton, has warned we could see 100,000 cases in a few weeks if we don't follow social distancing measures. We're still looking at a 10% increase per day nationally. Well, actually, it's 17%, so that's not quite correct. That's an improvement, uh, but it's still a doubling every week. He said, we don't want to go down that pathway we have, imp- we have to improve to a point where the curve is entirely flat. He added, if we do not do the right thing, that increase could be 25 to 30% per day. That will lead to 100,000 cases in a few weeks. I think we're heading in the right direction, but we're not there yet. Look, I, I, his numbers don't match with mine. 10% is not what I have, and I've been tracking the numbers. So I'm not sure where he's getting his numbers from. And But look, they're, they're raised, definitely raising the alarm. These these uh, leaders are, are getting getting serious about it, which is is good because it's taken a month. Um, I I would have preferred they got serious a month ago, but that's okay. They're they're doing their best, I guess, with what information they have. All right, so let me get to some of the other stuff here. So first of all, for G four guitar teachers, I've created what's called a new interactive checklist, and what that is is the, the normal checklist you had to print out. So they were just like a PDF. You print it out and then you've got all these check boxes and you tick them off as you go through. Now with the interactive one, you don't need to print it out. It's all done on the computer. You just use your mouse and you click on the, the squares and it changes color. So the, the, the empty square goes to orange which says that they're working on it. So So empty square is inactive student doesn't have to do anything on that exercise click it it goes orange it tells the the student that they need to work on that exercise click it again it goes green it means it's completed doesn't mean they don't review it it just means that they don't have to to be working on it every day like they do the other exercises so check that out if you're a g4 guitar teacher go and check that out because i think you'll find it very handy for teaching students online um so the coming weeks I put here, I think the next few weeks will be telling in terms of what goes on here. Either things will get a lot worse or they will uh, We'll see a light at the end of the tunnel. Whatever happens, the online world, uh, I think will go through a period of rapid innovation. We're going to see things change. There's, there's a lot of talk now about the advantages of online teaching. People have been in this kind of mode of we, we're doing it because we have to. It's not as good as person-to-person learning, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. But... I've not I've never believed that. I I I believe there are definitely advantages to both. I'm not saying that that there aren't things that in person are better. There 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 are. Um, but it's a bit like everything with digital. You know, you think back to, to music and, and how for forever people were kind of stuck on, on records. They they said that that they were never going to go digital. They wanted vinyl. That was the only way they were ever gonna to listen to music. And those audiophiles, there's there's still there's still people around like that. Um, and if you listen and you've got the ear for it you can you can definitely tell the difference but most people don't care most people can they get their digital they can hear it it sounds great they 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 don't need to go and compare it to vinyl to see if they can get one percent improvement some people they do some people need that but most people won't and and that's the reality is that people learning online most people are going to be okay with learning online most people are going to adapt to it most people will see that there are other advantages again like digital music to to vinyl what are the advantages well one is that you can click to the next track very quickly uh you can do lots of things with digital you can you can you loop it you can you can edit it you can do random tracks and all the rest of it on vinyl no you got to put the needle on and you got to let it play and again that's cool and it takes me back to to my younger years and and the enjoyment of playing records i get that i get the nostalgia of it but it's it's the digital offers a lot a lot of advantages and the same with online learning. So if you're not getting into the online learning, you're not getting into, let's call it digital learning opposed to analog learning. If you're not getting into it, you're gonna miss out. I'm, I'm telling you now, there's going to be a big shift. This is forcing people to, 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 to adapt to it, to get used to it, to at least try it. So in, in six months from now, if we go back to normal, some people will go back, But a lot of people won't. A lot of people will say, no, I don't want to get in the car and drive to my guitar lessons. I don't want to take my child to the lessons. I'm happy with them to be online because it's easier for me. I can be cooking in the kitchen and I don't have to worry about all that. Plus, of course, all the other advantages to it. Um, And I won't go into those now, but just start thinking about what are the advantages of learning online? Because once you start to understand that, then you're going to, to appreciate it a lot more you're going to get into it if you can you can start to see those advantages all right so this might seem like tough times now but tough times throughout history are often when people become the most creative at the beginning of the 1960s during the cold war russia was leading the way in the race the the space race it was the press that pressure of russia being ahead of the us that pushed the us the usa to put a man on the on the moon by the end of that decade so really at the beginning of the 1960s that's when they committed that's when kennedy committed to getting someone on the moon they didn't have the technology they didn't know how they would do it it seemed like a, a complete pipe dream but the us knew that if they didn't get this done quickly, the Russians would beat them to it and would always appear as the superior technological, you know, in terms of space, uh, the le- the leaders. And so the, the, it, that put the pressure on. So tough times, tough times are what make us change and adapt and, and do things that we probably wouldn't normally do. When things are good, it's easy to cruise along. It's easy to get comfortable and that's the danger you know and i've experienced that through my career and my life is the danger of falling into the comfort zone it's it's very nice to be in that comfort zone but the reality is is it it doesn't produce the best results for the most part okay the positive future i see uh, is this if you think about about it, there's there is so much waste in the world for example many people today on, a, on a, a work on a computer in an office. They could do the same work really from anywhere, home, a cafe, a park, etc. 80% of office space could probably be eliminated. So if you, you think about that, think about the fact that we we live in a house and that's fine, that's our space, but then we go to an office to work, yet we have an office at home. We could do the same thing from our laptop at home or our computer. So So why? are we going to these office spaces when we could do it all online? So there's not only, not only that, then there's the, you know, there's the travel of, of people getting to and from their office, all the, all the, the, the traffic on the road, um, the roads themselves that take up a lot of space and you know if you want to talk environmental they're they're very bad for the environment they create a lot of heat in cities all that bitumen road massive amounts of heat imagine if you didn't need 80 percent of those cars on the road because people were doing digitally what they could do and think about all the, the pollution they they produce and and on top of that all the cars that are sitting there idle most of the time because people need them to to get around so we could we could have a lot less cars we could have a lot less roads and we could have a much better infrastructure that helps people to to do the things that they want to do the infrastructure could more, be more about going and meeting friends you know leisure etc a lot of things especially if we up the ante on this you could be sitting in a cafe just near you within walking distance where they have these big interactive screens where you whack on some headphones and you can talk to your friends who are sitting in another cafe somewhere on the other side of the country or the world, and you interacting with them, having coffee together, except you're in different places. These are these are the things that are possible. The, the, you you've just got to start thinking outside of the square and get away from that you know that mindset that everything has to be the way it's been forever and this digital world has been waiting for us for, for a couple of decades now, um, but we've been quite shy about jumping on board, and what COVID-19 has done is forced us to get in there and make it uh, enjoy that, that the benefits of, of transitioning to the digital world. I'm not saying there's not a place for the, the, the analog world, if you like. Yes, there's definitely a place for that, but there are a lot of things that we could do i think 80 of of our world could go digital and could make everything a lot more efficient and remove a lot more of the waste now as a parent something that, that i've seen is another good example are school kids how about the time that they spend going to school and sitting in classrooms all day so this this is all being done online right now, and it's being done. In my opinion, it's it's working even better because what's happening is that the time, and this is I'll use my daughter as the example. The time that my daughter is spending uh, doing school, in other words, she starts at nine fifteen each day, and it goes till three o'clock, and she gets some breaks, of course, lunch and whatever. But she's not the teacher's not there and the teacher could be, but the, she's not sitting there watching the teacher on a screen. The teacher will load some videos up each I think each morning the teacher will do a video and, and talk. but most of the time the teacher's sending them to certain websites to log in and do maths, English, spelling, whatever you name it. So so they're doing these these uh, projects, if you like. so so what I'm seeing, is my daughter is getting through a lot more work she's learning a lot more than she was probably at school i don't know because obviously we're not there in the classroom but here that's again an advantage is i can see what she's doing but i just i just know i can just instinctively tell that she's not being distracted by other students she's focused on the work and she's getting it done and i would say that that that's that six hour day and with probably an hour break in the middle, so let's say five hour day from, from nine-ish to, to three-ish, then in that time, I she's probably only spending two, two, two and a half hours actually doing work. And the rest of the time, she's either talking to us or having a, a little break. But she's getting the work done. She's she's meeting the what the teacher's asking to do. So that indicates to me that she's getting the work done that the teacher requires each day done in two and a half hours. Maybe even less if she was more efficient. Because obviously there are other ways to to increase productivity and efficiency where we could get that down to maybe an hour and an hour and a half of of that work. Because all it is is, for example, she'll go to a to a maths website and there'll be a bunch of questions there that she needs to or problems she needs to solve. So by working through those problems faster or, or finding more efficient ways to do it, then she can get more done and get it done quicker. All right. So the, the other thing of that, of course, is the, the schools themselves. Well, imagine if kids didn't go, have to go to the schools. And some people say, well, what about the social interaction and all that? Well, they can still do that. You just, you just turn the schools into parks or play centers and and they can go there or they can go to the local parks but you turn them into to spaces to play so the kids can go to them and the idea is that they don't have to go to just their school they like they do now you have you know you go to your school you go to whatever school is close and convenient and you have you know one or two adults or more Um, they're monitoring it making sure everyone's you know Getting along and everything's working well, and that kids of certain ages are are separated so that they can play in their more more in their age group. So you you set all that up, but you you turn that space into a different kind of space. You use it for a different purpose. And like I said, turning it into a park or a climbing center. Like kids love climbing, so you know you turn it into a rock climbing center, or turn it into an arts center or, or or theater or music of course turn it into studios where they can go in and they can practice their instruments because a lot of kids want to practice instruments but they can't because they live in an apartment or whatever imagine if the they, they did all their school work at home and the schools were just for the creative things that they couldn't do such as band band work uh you know uh, where they want to do certain kinds of art which get a bit messy at home you know woodwork metalwork or all, all those kind of things that you need those facilities for so you create this facility which is it's all about that it's not just empty rooms where kids sit at desks which to me is a complete waste of space they can sit at home in their 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 own space and they can do it online and then go to the school to do all these things so there's so many ideas that, that can come out of this and hopefully this is forcing people to think like that and think more creatively and not to just go back after this to the old ways of doing things to see that this is a huge opportunity to move forward and to progress as a society so as you can see, I'm very optimistic about the future and about what is going to come out of this. I do take this very seriously. It's not something to, to get any joy out of. It's certainly a very serious situation. People are dying. People are sick. And there are going to be a lot of unfortunate stories, sad stories that are going to come out by the end of this. Already what's happened in Italy and, and similar countries is absolutely devastating. Uh, and it's very surreal in many ways when you when you sort of look at the news and, and think about what we're all going through you think this is like a movie it's not like something that I would have ever imagined would have happened in my lifetime but yet here we are but as they say you've got to, you've got to you know take the hand you dealt and we're all dealt different hands here, and you know we're kind of all dealt the same hand, but different hands depending on our circumstances. Some of us are going to have worse situations than others, but in in short, we have what it, what is happening is happening. We we can't deny that. But what we can do is try and make the best of the situation that we have. And you know the the way that I want to end this today is just to to give you something to kind of consider, and that is I think it's really time to leave. The COVID-19 to the experts. Uh, so, you know, we, we need to do, we need to listen and do the things that they tell us to do, such as, you know, social distancing, self-isolation. Um, but what we want to do is is bring our focus back to the things that are going to help us to get through it personally and to bring us out the other end. So you don't want to just drop everything and and you don't want to sort of, you know, get, get overwhelmed by this or, or let yourself feel that the world's coming to an end what you need to do is look for the opportunities you need to be positive and you need to motivate and, be, and energize those people around you these include your students your family your friends anyone that you can just just build build positive connections and and build everyone up don't get into the doom and gloom of it it, it is what it is so yeah don't just basically don't waste your time and energy on things that you cannot control this is this is something that we can't really control. We can control our little bit. We can do our little bit with it, but we're not going to be able to control the whole thing. So that's it. I want to leave you with that. I'll leave you with the kind of a positive uh, uh, mindset, so you can go and start building your business and looking for the opportunities. And you know, hopefully, I'll be able to share lots more with you in the coming weeks so thank you once again for your time if you as always if you've got any questions or topics just send me a message if you want to know more about g4 and who we are go to g 4 guitaronlinecom thank you